We haven't entirely nailed down what element it is yet, but I'll tell you this, it's a lively one. Let's give your parents a call right now. Hello! Welcome to episode number 24 of Gaming with the Moms. I wrote down the episode this time, so I didn't have to forget and ask anybody. Um, My name is Nicole Tanner. I am managing editor at Pixelkin.org and the mother of a three-year-old, which uh, I don't know if I want to talk about or not today. (laughs) All I know is that I was like, I have to pee earlier, Uh, and you were like, don't talk to me about that. Yes, yes. Um, I'm joined by fellow mom, Linda Brenneman. Hi there. And... The lovely and talented Simone de Rochefort, who always needs her car repair, a bit, I, I guess, <laughs> even though it takes all day to install windshield wipers, I guess. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> and today we're joined by Andy Robertson, who does lots of work for lots of different places and is the editor of Family Gamer TV, which is this awesome YouTube channel that does all kinds of stuff. Literally everything. Yeah, literally everything. (laughs) So, and thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. I have to just um, chime in here and say he has the cutest little boys. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Tune into his YouTube channel just to see those little boys. Two boys and a girl. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen the little girl. Yeah, I haven't seen the girl. Is she really young? No, no. So, um, Ollie is my youngest. He's Seven. I, I do lose track. <laughs> they do. It happens. Um, it happens. Tom is uh, ten, and Ellen is my oldest, who's uh, um, eleven. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. We see Ollie they all, and they Tom all play, more. They all play yes. stuff. The boys are keener about yeah, sort of right. being on camera thing, and oh, are they, they end the... up covering those sort of games that are their age group. What right. kind of games yeah. does Ellie play? Um, she she likes um, Terraria. Oh, right, right. That's how you say it. I never know how to pronounce it. <laughs> and they, they all play stuff like Minecraft together. Right. And she's usually a little bit sort of sort of cooler when the games first arrive. Like, oh, Disney Infinity is a bit kiddie. But then she, <laughs> then she sees her brothers playing it and um, soon gets sort of roped in. Right. <laughs> as well. So they all play and we all play together. Oh, awesome. Nice. Yeah, very cool. All right. So we're going to start some stuff like we always do with some news. So potentially, potentially there is a collection of Bioshock games going to be coming out this fall for Xbox One Ooh. and PS4. And anybody who's listened to this podcast or Girl Fight back in the day knows that I love Bioshock. Oh my God. I also love Bioshock. So we are hoping, <laughs> hoping very much that this is true. Um, there was a listing on a South African retail site that had all the details about it, and that listing was promptly taken down. Yeah, this is the same site that leaked the Mewtwo uh, Amiibo release as well. So Were they right on that one? They were. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's coming out. So, I guess and they didn't learn anything. The last time. <laughs> well, they probably got lots of traffic from. Oh, yeah. yeah. I bet they did. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yes. I went to their page like ten times yesterday to check the thing out. <laughs> so they're just saying, "Oops." Too bad. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. Um, it's the the date I just checked. Uh, November twenty seventh was the pre or the pre order date that they had up, and it oh, was for PS four and okay. Xbox One. So that's what I was thinking. Because if it were launching November twenty seventh, I'd be like, "There's no way that it, this close to a launch." There, but they wouldn't you know, have done PR for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if it might be up to pre-order on November 27th. We'll keep you posted because Nicole and I will obviously be buying it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was doing something on my computer yesterday and my husband came over and I had that up. I think it was the Polygon story or whatever. You didn't and, have my story up? And he was talking. I'm sorry, Simone. And he was like, he's talking about something else. And I'm like pointing at the story. I'm like, <laughs> you know, we're getting that, right? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. You're going to lock your three-year-old in her room. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. mommy can play Bioshock <laughs> exactly. in HD. Yes. Um, <laughs> and hopefully I won't have that weird first-person sickness thing. I might have to buy a bunch of Dramamine just <laughs> so I can play Bioshock. <laughs> oh, anyhow. Oh, gosh. Um, so in other news, this is a cool kind of uh, more kitty family news, is they're going to, there's going to be a climate game jam at the White House mm-hmm. uh, put on by the Office of Science and Technology Policy, which is where Mark DeLora used to work. Mark was a previous guest on our podcast. Um, it's going to run from Octo- October 7th through the October 4th, and it's going to be happening. Second in- through 4th. Isn't that what I just seventh. said? Seventh. I, I heard seventh? seventh. All right, whatever. <laughs> October 2nd 
through the fourth. <laughs> Maybe I wasn't articulating yeah. enough. There are actually a lot of locations for it. There, I know there's one at uh, the UW here in Seattle as well, and there are a few others scattered around the United States. Um, but it's pu- it's organized by the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy. So. Very cool. They're trying to create basically educational games that can be used in classrooms. And the the winners of that will be on display in the Smithsonian. And I think some of them will get further development help from Glass Labs. Nice. So it's very, very cool. There should be some interesting things coming out of that. Getting into the Smithsonian is a pretty big deal. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that'll be cool. So um, keep an eye out for that. I'm sure we'll be writing about it on Pixelkin. Um, other news. PS4, there are a bunch of different versions of PS4s floating around this holiday season. And I want all of them. Yeah, but are you going to Taco <laughs> Bell? <laughs> I don't, Andy, do you have Taco Bell in the UK? Uh, not really. I think there's a few, but not like, it's everywhere in the States, isn't it? So. It's yes. everywhere. Yes. Everywhere. Yeah, so no. they're doing it a promotion. It best the United States. <laughs> yes. <I'm sorry. laughs> yeah. Maybe you'll want it more when you hear about the PS4 that they're giving away. <laughs> uh, at select Taco Bell locations, if you buy this big box combo, you can get a code to win a gold PlayStation 4 and the Uncharted collection, uh, which is coming out, I, I think, pretty soon, next week maybe. Um, and that's the collection of the first three Uncharted games for the PlayStation 4, which you will play on your gold PlayStation 4 if you win. Uh, yeah, but I, you have to buy that big box I of know. things. I think it has like 10 it, tacos or something like that. Plus seriously. Plus burritos and nachos and I don't know. It's like everything on their menu. But it only costs it, it's $5. family box. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So you have to get your whole family together and then force them to eat greasy fake Mexican food. <laughs> <laughs> But you'll do it. Work it off playing Uncharted. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, you can play Uncharted, but you have to run in circles around the living room while you do it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking Uh, forward to Uncharted. I I, I wouldn't mind playing on a gold PlayStation, but Uncharted Uncharted Remaster, I think, is going to be good. You're going to get it? it. Yeah, yeah, I played for it on PS3. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Although what I would have preferred... It's, just to get slightly off topic, would be yeah. them to release the Uncharted games separately because I want to have all four as a collection. Oh, yeah. Like one, two, three, then you buy the fourth, but it's, it's going to be a three. And, so it's not a complete collection, is it? Because they're going to do another one. Then yeah, right. another opportunity to release the proper, the ultimate. Complete That's totally yeah. what they're going to do. You're right on the money That's there. That's a good point there. <laughs> Actually, they're on the money, the big pile yes. of money that they're <laughs> going to be making. Yeah. <laughs> it looks pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah. I've never played an Uncharted game. Uh, oh, what? But I, really? I know, right? I, I, I played through about half half I don't know half or two thirds of the first one and that's it Mm -hmm. I actually rage quit it because I was on the level where you have to like ride a jet ski while shooting people and I just (laughs) I tried it about 15 times and I'm like I can't do this I just need to move on (laughs) (laughs) yes I'm not the best at driving anything in games and when you're required to like turn around and shoot people too it's just like was not happening for me. You Anyhow. gotta get Anna on the joystick controlling the car or the right. jet ski, and yeah. then you can do the shooting. <laughs> yeah, and then she'll be like shooting. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> yes, what's exactly. a gun, mommy? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think she already does know what a gun is in okay. the basic kind of yeah, terms, yeah. like getting bad guys kind of stuff. Um, so there's also less family friendly um, a Black Ops themed PS4 with one terabyte of storage. Which is pretty big for normal consoles. Although I say, I've got five terabytes of stories at home. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to, I mean, uh, not in our Xbox One, but in an additional hard drive. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So the Black Ops One, what is it? It looks so cool. Yeah. It's so it's black and then it has orange highlights on it and the controller is all fancy and branded as well. It's covered in the Call of Duty symbols for like zombies and the factions and stuff. Um. I want it. I don't play Call of Duty, but I don't care. I want it. <laughs> yeah, it, looks, it does look. I was just looking at the picture. It looks great, doesn't it? It's sort of like Tron. Yeah, yeah. The Tron yeah. Totally and Tron-like. It, and then you've got the orange lights that light up. Yeah. Yes. Do they all light up? I didn't. Oh. Oh. Yes. Like the, all right. You've just, you've just sold Matt, it. You just, <laughs> you've just sold it, Andy. You, um, Sony <laughs> and Activision <laughs> owe you some money. Um, <laughs> um, but the yeah. thing is, like, oh, sorry. Go on. That and the gold one. 
Oh, right, exactly. Well, yeah, I'll line it's all... It's the endless special edition places. <laughs> they must work. They keep, they keep doing them, don't they? They must, yeah. must move more consoles. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they do that at Microsoft too, you know. Mm-hmm. They pick the games that they know that are going to be popular and then they do yeah. special editions for them. Is there all a Tomb Raider the... one? You'd think, I imagine there would be a Tomb Raider. Wasn't there? I feel like there was. But it was like a Xbox exclusive, isn't they? So. Yeah. I would, yeah, there m- might very well be a Rise of the Tomb Raider one. Yeah. I would be surprised if there wasn't, honestly. Um, so something I was going to say that slipped out. Oh, Courtney. Courtney, who also works on our staff at Pixelkin, bought a Destiny-themed PS4 just because she thought it looked pretty. So it's not <laughs> not far off what yeah. Simone is thinking of doing. Yep. yep. It's beautiful. Yes. It's, oh. <laughs> I want that one too. Yeah. But PS4s can be modified to have uh, more storage anyway. Like you can do that with any PS4. Um, so if you want a terabyte of storage in your PS4, uh, PlayStation actually has instructions on their website to to teach you how to put that new hard drive in. So you don't have to spend $500. <laughs> I have no idea what we spent for our five yeah. terabyte drive. I don't think it was very much, honestly. Yeah. Hard drives are really dropping in price. and They are. Yeah, yeah jumping in space. Which is just... I remember getting the um, PlayStation 3. I think it's 20, 20, what was it? Gigabytes. 20 gigs, right? yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. For like oh. for like five hundred pounds when it launched, the massive big Breville. Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh no, that's so thinking, cute. How was I ever going to ever fill this up? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting to me. Some of the things that they were the big focus that they put on the Call of Duty PS4 was about video and video sharing, which I know personally takes up a lot of space because I have a roommate who takes a lot of videos of Dragon Age and Destiny. <laughs> So they're one of the the thing with the new PlayStation um, software, you'll be able to share short videos directly to Twitter. So that's kind of what they were promoting with this Call of Duty PlayStation Four is share your Call of Duty videos directly to Twitter. Um, and I think that's a really interesting mm. kind of take on where gaming is going, especially just when it comes to your everyday consumer who is playing games and taking video and putting them somewhere on the internet. It's interesting to me. It is. Yeah. yeah, so we've also got some Chariot DLC coming. I loved Chariot. I reviewed it um, on Pixelkin, and I just thought it was awesome. Awesome co-op game. Andy, did you play Chariot? Yeah, I did. I never got into it as much as I wanted. Oh, I think really? The kids found it a little bit. I was, want- I was expecting to get into the co-op side of it. Right. And either we didn't play it long enough, or they didn't, qu- didn't quite click with them. And it is so, a little... Yeah, I need to get li- back to it. It's a little difficult, that's for sure. So, and um, you have to coordinate, don't you? I think I found yes, it a bit frustrating yes. when, yeah, particularly <laughs> two of them were playing. So I needed to find a grown-up. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't make the siblings play chariot yeah. together. Yeah. Um, a recipe for war. So there's DLC coming. It's called the Royal Gadget Pack, which will allow you to play as the shopkeeper, which he's like a skeleton oh, yeah. dude. Um, five new gadgets, ten new achievements. Um, the new gadgets sound like they're things that will make the gameplay much easier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, such as I forget what they called it a warp something um, which they had a few of them in the original game I believe but if you could get the chariot close enough to one of those things it would just take you up to that ledge or that level uh, which made things much much nice. easier so they're going to be more of those it looks like you can freeze time and yes just, yeah. yeah so they're obviously oh. looking at that, is that uh, what I'd like is to see it on a, a, a handheld oh. like the DS or the Vita that's an interesting. I think it's the sort of game I might well play if I had it. I could just grab it because it's on the console. I don't get to it quite as often. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you thinking like the single player on the Vita or co-op on the Vita somehow? Yeah, I guess so. Is it on the PlayStation? I guess you could maybe. Oh, is it Xbox One exclusive? Looks like it is. I think uh, I have the it. The DLC? On... No, the game came out on PS4. The yeah. DLC might yeah. be Xbox oh, yeah. One exclusive. Yeah, that's yeah, the true. trailer says Xbox One. But um, yeah, so I guess if it's on PS4, you could I could play it on my my Vita anyway. Hey, there you go. Yeah. In a sort of remote play yeah. way, which it I like doing actually. Like a really good, cute game that would be that would be good on handheld just for the visuals of it. Oh, I'd yes. like it. <laughs> and look, Andy's someone else who has a Vita. Yay! <laughs> you and me it, against the world. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we they keep some... revising it, don't they? You yeah. bring out new versions, but not really. They need more games, basically. They do. Yes. They really do. I like games you don't have to import. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, sadness. <laughs> but I, again, Uncharted on the Vita. I played through that. I really like that. Oh yeah, that's Golden, true. Golden uh, Abyss. 
Mm-hmm. It's nice. good. Fully voice, you know, really p- proper AAA. Yeah. I, l- I think so the Vita's I, a beautiful yeah. little console. They need, they need Last of Us 2 on the Vita. That would be sad. That's my tip. Because <laughs> <laughs> like Ben contain- Studios, who did, who did um, the Uncharted game, yeah. they haven't done anything for ages. And I was like, I wonder if they're doing that. But I think they're just working on another project. For ages, I was uh, anticipating some exciting... <laughs> Maybe Last maybe someday. Maybe they're just it's maybe it's backburnered. Maybe you'll get your wish. Man. Yeah, that'd be great. That you kind of sound was, like it would oh. sell some beaters if they did that. Right, Sorry. right. Yeah. I was gonna say you guys kinda sound like Courtney and her her wish of no. being able to see the next Zelda <laughs> this year. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. So uh Praise the gods of gaming. Right, yeah. right, exactly. <laughs> um so one more news story. Uh so voice actors are potentially going to strike because um, they feel like that they, I believe it's over money, they don't get paid enough. Mm -hmm. Um, They're part of a union. It's SAG-AFTRA. I know what the SAG part means. I'm not sure what the rest of it means. Um, But if you like voice actors, and who doesn't, Mm -hmm. um, you can tweet about it with the hashtag Performance Matters. Um, Some of the big-name voice actors are getting behind this. Jennifer Hale, Mm -hmm. who uh, is the voice for Fem Shep uh, in Mass Effect. And I forget some of the other ones. Basically, all of the big voice actors are doing this. Yeah, yeah. My timeline on Twitter is absolutely covered in tweets from voice actors right now. I think what what it's over is the fact that they don't get royalties from video game sales. And there's a bunch of other issues with motion capture and... um, the the safety issues behind stunts that they might have to do they're not getting the same protection as physical actors in films or tv would and or and things like stunt coordinators people like that to kind of watch over them and supervise and i'm so many so many games are motion capture these days like if you've watched the behind the scenes of the last of us which we were just talking about they did a lot of really physical stuff for that and so the the voice actors want to be treated equally just like a just like a physical actor for a television show would so yeah i'm I'm pretty ignorant i'm sorry go ahead andy i didn't mean to butt in In a film like you know an animated film pixar movie i'm uh, i guess that they get um royalties the voice actors there Mm, yeah i I just sort of assumed it would be the same in a video game so it does sound a bit weird yeah Yeah, it is it's not getting the same you know it's the same they're delivering the same service exactly skill and I think that, you know, probably it has to do a little bit with the popularity, you know, Mm -hmm. like in what what power these voice actors have. Like Pixar movies, they're always getting really big name actors. So I think they have a little bit more clout and getting the Mm -hmm. type of money that they want. Yeah. And the video game industry might not have the same oversight for actors and the agents and out for blood to protect them from people. So, yeah, that's I think um, I I would definitely love to see actors – because video game voice actors do so much good work and they they really do a ton of work. So I'd love to see them get the same recognition and protection that an A-list movie actor might get doing yeah. a film project or doing a video game project. Mm. Yeah. It would be interesting to hear what the side is. I guess it's on the publishers or the developer side. Where there must be a case to say um, why shouldn't the act- voice actors get yeah. what they deserve? Is it just yeah. financial they can't afford to or is there actually – yeah, you know, I yeah. don't know. I almost I don't know what that's how the argument is. It reminds me of because wasn't there some drama? No, I think that was with the the music. I, I'm remembering the when Austin Wintry was got in trouble for recording the soundtrack to Journey or something. But I think that was a different organization that he got in trouble with. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. It, it might just be that the industry is so much younger that that those those rules have never been in place yeah. is I what I would assume. It. Yeah. It's just an oversight um, yeah. or lack of because oversight. Because games, sort of yeah. some of the games, the big games, cost more to make than movies yeah. at this point. <laughs> so I don't think the money would be a factor um, when you can, you know, be Pixar and get, you know, A-list actors. Yeah. For, well, if you're doing motion capture, yeah. you are in a big blockbuster AAA game. Like, yeah. People who are doing indie games aren't necessarily doing full body motion capture with all the <laughs> yeah, yeah. stunts and things. Yeah, but I think maybe this is another example, like you said, of you know things just not being in place. And yeah. I think a similar thing is the NCAA mm-hmm. um, with the athletes who had their full likenesses in the games. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was at least came out on the on the athlete side. So, yes, yes. so that was good. All right, so that's our news. So our topic this week is something that 
is sort of the bane of Simone's existence. <laughs> um, but something that our guest Andy knows a lot about because of his kids, and that is Toys to Life. Yeah. yeah. So, Andy, really quickly, do you want to explain for people who might not know what Toys mm-hmm. to Life is, what that is? Yeah. Well, uh, to- Toys to Life is a funny phrase in itself because it's actually an Activision trademark. So it's kind of weird when other other competing companies use this phrase. I had no idea that that was yeah. an Activision trademark. Yeah. Whoops. So it's like there. <laughs> yeah. It's there. And it's, I think it's fine to use it. It's just, you know, when, when their competitors use it, they're sort of buying into Activision being the founder of this genre. So yeah. to sort of try and put it in a nutshell, it's basically the crossover between toys and video games. And for a long time, people creating games, usually the bigger games, kids that were related to movies they'd make those games but they wouldn't make a lot of a lot of money but they'd sell a lot of toys related to the to those mm-hmm. movies so mm-hmm. by combining the two there's a commercial play happening where the the toy leverages access to um parts of the game so you, you buy them both together so you have a toy and you have some sort of usb thing that you plug into your console when you place the toy on this peripheral either called a portal or a base or depending on which game you are the character that relates to the toy immediately appears in the game so instantly on the screen which is one which is one part and that's kind of novel but the, the the thing that activision did with skylanders when they introduced it they went a step further so as you made choices in the game and you customized your little toy character your character on the screen you dressed them up you developed how they performed in the game that information was immediately saved back to the toy so there was a close relationship between the toy and the game both ways. So when you took the toy off of that portal, um, it, came, it came with all your save progress. So it was like your little guy and you had him in your hand, which is why you get that phrase, um, toys to life. Mm-hmm. Does that make some sort of sense? Yes, yes. Absolutely. Yes, that's very cool. And it's definitely been a trend that is really, I mean, oh, I think yeah. it's still picking up steam. So Skylanders was the first one. Simone. Talk about all the rest, and then Andy can tell you if you've forgotten one. Oh, gosh. It's so interesting to me because I remember even just, I think, two years ago when we were first really delving into this, I was like, what? This technology exists? This is incredible. And now it's in the past year, it's just kind of sort of snowballed. So you have Skylanders on its, I think, fifth possibly installment Disney Infinity yeah. is on its third game uh, you have Lego jumping into the mix with Lego Dimensions which comes out on the 27th and then you have others that are not necessarily related to a game like you have Anki Drive which I know you love Andy uh, Andy sorry were you super excited when they announced Anki Overdrive yeah I mean yeah. I think <laughs> yeah I was and it's just that because it's a good, it was a really great game last year. This is a, it's another Toys to Life game, to use that phrase. Yeah. Um, but the toys are sort of a robot, robotic cars that can steer themselves around a, a track on the living room carpet. Um, and then you use an app to steer them. And, but the, the interesting thing is you can upgrade those cars by connecting them to your app. So they then perform differently in the game and they get new weapons um, and new abilities. But the track was always static. Yes. So, Anki, or I, was, I think you're supposed to call it Anki. I always call is it, it Anki because oh. it's my British. Um, I have I no idea say, what, is the, what is the correct. Anki, I think. <laughs> but it doesn't matter, does it? Yeah. Um, so, but that, you, you get a clip to give a track, so it becomes much more like. So, Skeletrix, is that a, a popular toy? Do you know what I don't I'm, know oh, that. Oh, really? Mm. So, it's in Europe. This is a massive sort of um, slot racing electric. Skeletrix, it's called? So yes, yeah, Skeletrics. Oh, I have <laughs> so no I'm idea. often writing for US outlets and thinking, I wonder if this makes sense. That's helpful to find out that probably it's not a good. <laughs> <laughs> so it's sort of a slot car um, track that you would clip together and then you race cars around. So this year's Anki Onki Overdrive, um, you can create those those tracks. So yeah. anyway, I'll, I'll get, we'll get in a cool. sidetrack. But it's really good. And it is, I think it is genuinely one of these Toys to Life games because mm-hmm. the toys have a relationship with with your app and on the screen and there's proper characters and voice acting there's a campaign mode there's king of the hill so lots of video game stuff going on it's not just about the sort of the play on the carpet yeah absolutely and then there's playmation which is the the wearables (laughs) the wearable toys that's coming out um and oh and then skylanders is going for the mobile card games and making that into toys to life as well with battlecast which is coming out next year i believe so there's a lot of a lot of expansion in this genre, and I'm not even sure if calling it a genre is appropriate because the games themselves are just so vastly different. And I mean, even within a Skylanders game, you have a ton of different game types going on. Um, 
I don't know. My whenever I think about Toys to Life, Andy, my main concern is how much they seem to cost, and I that makes the price point makes sense to me always, just because there's so much manufacturing that goes into it, and especially when you're talking about Skylanders or Legos, these are really high quality toys, physical toys that you're buying. So obviously they need to cost a lot of money. But when I think about how many iterations they're putting out yearly and just how much product is shipping, I get very concerned about. Just the the rampant capitalism. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> what do you yeah, think, think about as a that? Parent, as a parent, you've really got to keep a close eye on value mm-hmm. um, and be aware that it's it's clearly sold. But these these games are clearly sold as t- collectible toy lines as well as video games. Right. And right. so within that, that's them saying this is a collectible toy line. That's them doing their due diligence of flagging up for parents that there will be incentives for you to collect more of the toys mm-hmm. as you play through the game. So. I guess the first thing to say is that starter packs are a great way to, to get into most of these games. Yeah. And they're not that cheap, but they'll they'll cost from somewhere like $60 to, I think, $90, which is the high yeah, end yeah. for um, Lego Dimensions. But if you just stick with that and don't buy any expansions or any of other characters, there's loads and loads of gameplay, you know, all the different iterations and versions of that. So that's, I think, sticking to just getting the starter pack is a really good way mm-hmm. to make sure that the sort of the costs don't spiral and to, right. to sort of commit to finishing that starter pack before you buy too many expansions because once you've done that then you know how you want to expand it and you'll have an idea of what will be expanded. That's a but, really good idea that I yeah. like that the committing to finishing everything you have yeah. before you move on. Do you have trouble like with with your kids because I, I know you have all these games so do they do they come at you and ask you can we can we have more starter packs I and think, things? I think I'm probably not a good example. <laughs> because because I review these games. Oh yeah, you get, get them. Pack and we yeah. get we get slightly overwhelmed really with the number of figures that <laughs> to review it properly you need to you need to see a degree of the range of what's coming. Exactly. Um, and so, so how much of how much of your uh, sorry, how much of your house does all this stuff <laughs> clutter up, Andy? <laughs> so it lives kind of it sort of makes its journey from so I get it in in the office and we review it and then it goes up to the house and we'll do some like let's plays and, and I, you know, I want to play it with the kids to, as part of the review and so then it will live in the house for a while. But it's, it's sort of, a, we don't have it out on display. So okay. I'm not, <laughs> not really a family where we have a shelf of Skylander figures. So what I'm yeah. hearing here is you have yeah. a basement where you lock up all yeah. your toys. <laughs> yeah, I, so I, in the UK I have got a shed in the garden. Um, oh, nice. If I was in the States, I'd, I'd have a kind of dough I'd... I'd have yeah. a nice basement. It would be, it would be a <laughs> space. So that's, that Cultural touches on another topic, actually. Oh, yeah, go on. We, we talk about these as toys to life games, but really for a long time, they really weren't toys at all. They were static plastic figurines that would really be something that a collector would buy and put on the shelf. They were robust and you could make up games with them, but there wasn't much play happening mm-hmm. on the toy side. It was all really because they, were, they had this special chip and you could open them in the game. And it's just this year that we're starting to see proper toys being associated with that so you get better value there i think the value is mm-hmm. increasing because you get better play value so with lego dimensions you're getting proper lego yeah and with skylands this year as you know um you get proper articulated vehicles that are properly yeah. you can whiz them around and stuff whereas previously it's just been plastic you know that's a, a really good point when i'm thinking about these franchises like look at Marvel superheroes that was a hugely popular film series I think in the past before Toys to Life we would have of course seen action figures associated with that and we still do but now you have the choice of buying action figures that are also game pieces which put in those terms does make a lot of sense and does add a lot of value and Lego Dimensions is, is going to be pretty awesome I think in terms of usability and play choices just yeah. because they're they're freaking Legos, you can reassemble them, and it's you can build the portal. <laughs> as I as I did, I think I got it wrong. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I attempted to build it in the, in the, video. In the um, new uh, trailer they had for it with Alison Brie. She's like missing one yeah. piece of her portal, and it won't work. And I'm like, that's okay. It's okay, honey. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty. She got really mad when yeah, her portal you know, was missing a piece. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, like, I like that. They're very good at working that, the voice talent. Um, they on seriously are. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. I just, 
I'm very uh, hopeful just about the crossover between mm-hmm. all the properties, which is just yeah. right. Yeah. It's hilarious to me. And it's nice yeah. that it's happening because usually you've got the people who own all this IP will like refuse to let their stuff mingle mm-hmm. with other people's stuff. So I don't know how Warner Brothers did it. <laughs> but Blood <it's>, magic. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty impressive to have all of these properties, you know, talking together. I guess maybe they all are Warner Brothers. Maybe. I believe are they? they they are, yeah, in terms of the films, um, the film production. So I I think – and they all have their own separate Lego games. Like there's been Lego Lord of the Rings before. There's been Lego Batman before. Yeah. So they're just like, well, what if we all just put those together? It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And but there the, have been some Lego Lego games that it seems unlikely will come across into Lego Dimensions. So there's been Lego Star Wars. Right. Oh, it yeah. It seems like because of, because that is part of the Disney Exactly. Yeah. Marvel and Star Wars. Uh, yeah. yeah. So you've got Marvel and Star Wars in, in uh, Infinity and then you've got other yeah. things like Back to the Future, which I'm really excited about. Oh, and, yeah. And Scooby-Doo in um, <laughs> Lego Dimensions. What I like on that topic, what I really like about Dimensions is that just with the starter pack, you can play all of those franchises. So the main campaign adventure, the mm-hmm. main sort of story in the game, goes through 14 chapters, and each chapter is a different location in each of those different franchises in the game. You don't have to buy extra product yeah. to be able to do that. Whereas in, in um, Disney Infinity, even though it's owned by Disney, it's still very segmented, and you can't take um, a Frozen character into the Star Wars universe, for instance, and so yeah. you don't get that back and forth. You, you can do it in the toy box, but you can't do it in the main adventure. That's true. That's true. How do you feel? How did you like the main campaign for Disney Infinity 3.0? I just started it last night and I'm I'm so far liking it a lot more than Marvel superheroes, which I found a little dry, but I'm not very far into it. So, yeah, what do you think about it's, it? Star, the Star Wars ones. Yeah. Because there's, always, there's Inside Out as well. Um, yeah, it, it's good, I think. Yeah, my boys have been playing through it. Um, nice. I think with all these things, I think we, we get used to those sorts of video games being quite long and mm-hmm. because it's modular and you're getting lots of different bits in Disney Infinity it is shorter and I think sometimes you can get to the end and be like oh I finished it because you didn't realize that was kind of the end of the you're getting towards the end yeah but there's once you've done that there's loads of more to go back and collect and discover even in those those adventures so I think it's mm-hmm. good I was less keen on the fact that they, they held back the rise against the empire playset which is the episode the classic episodes mm. four yeah. five and six you couldn't get that unless you bought the more expensive PlayStation 4. Yeah, that's the one that I ended up getting, which... Uh. <laughs> it's, good, it's good value, but it just meant you had to buy the, um, the Rise of... Get the, get the things right. Um, Star Twilight Wars Saga. Oh, yeah. Twilight of the Republic. Republic. <laughs> uh, I was recording my unboxing yesterday, and I had like five takes where I'm like, and here's the Rise Against... That. No, Twilight of the... Ri- no. Twilight yeah. Empire Rise Against Twilight. No. <laughs> They named it pretty confusingly. Yeah. yeah. Oh you've gosh. also got the, the, the Boba Fett figure as well in that pack. So oh, yes, I do. <laughs> but, um, in, in terms of getting value, I think it's good to offer oh, um, yes. choice. Oh, and yes. In, on, in, in Disney Infinity in the UK, there was a physical box product that you could just buy the game on its own. So if you had the previous games, you already had the Disney Infinity USB oh. base peripheral. You could buy the disc on its own. You can download that in the States and other territories. But because it doesn't have a physical product, it's not very visible at retail. Mm-hmm. So that was one of my criticisms in when I was sort of reviewing it. I wanted to see it made clearer to families going to buy it. Well, yeah. Say, wait a minute, do you, do you want to buy this big starter pack? Because you could just buy the game. And then you could choose which bits you wanted. Interesting. Than to buy so they had the play sets as a downloadable with that? Or, or no, they're, they're on the disc. Yeah, so okay. basically what you do there is buy the discs. You're buying the game as a downloadable game. Yeah. Um, so you can then immediately, that means you can then play the new Toy Box 3.0 with all your existing figures. Oh, that's um, cool. And then you could buy additional figures if you wanted. So you could play the Star mm-hmm. Wars figures in the hmm. Toy Box. And then you, if you wanted, you could play a particular playset. So you could buy Rise Against the Empire or Inside Out um, on its own. And so you start to get much better choice and you're not sort of forced oh, to that's buy very cool. a particular route. So you can go. And it also means that you can wait because be, there's like a Marvel playset coming up. and. Yeah. Other other properties too, so you could wait and buy those. Skylanders is doing that as well this time around. I think on the twenty first, so the day after the physical version came out, there was a digital download called the 
portal owners pack, I believe, where you could use yep. your previous portal and then just download the game and have instant versions of the characters. So I, I am really glad that they are starting to do that a little more, give people some choices. Yeah, especially Skylanders since... is brilliant for yeah. that. Because you can use any of the Skylanders characters in the main adventure. Yes. So that means if you if you did just buy, you could buy a portal owners pack, which is the game on its mm-hmm. own. You could buy a secondhand portal and you can use any portal right back to the one from 2011. Yeah, nice, will, nice. Will work, I'm told. Um, I think in the promotional materials, they say it's only the last two, but in, in practice, it will go mm-hmm. back further. I think there's a few limitations, but it does work. So that's really cheap. And then you could just buy some very cheap, just for a few dollars, old Skylanders characters. Nice, and then yeah. You could, you could play through the game like that. Yeah, and the um, which I think it's really nice. The main campaign of it, you can play just with, I'm told, uh, the Hot Streak vehicle and the Spitfire character, and those are part of the instant download. So, yep ready to go that's definitely the cheapest way to get into skylanders and then i think people can kind of decide like how much do i want to invest in this should i buy more of these figures which i love i think they're adorable so (laughs) yeah i really like i really rate skylanders because they're because of that original the original characters so yeah whereas um disney infinity and uh, maybe lego dimensions a bit is is sort of tied to the slender princess or buff male yeah. heroes yeah. the binaries mm-hmm. the divide there yeah. because Skylanders is creating its own characters they've been much better at blurring gender in fact so yeah. I, I often just find it difficult to work out what gender the Skylanders <laughs> are I usually get it wrong and have people telling me you said it was a girl <laughs> but I think that's really nice it's, not, it's lots of a real range of body types um, yeah and then when it's kids like you can just leave it up to them to decide that let them like decide for themselves and that's a really cool way to I think in correct maybe some of the imbalance with the gendered characters in video games so i do like that about skylanders mm. it's just so yeah so a story about when they were when they were creating skylanders the first year i was talking so i went over to talk to some of the developers and they were saying that they were talking to the toy side of, of sort of business and being told you can't have you can't have female characters in a situation <sighs> like this because boys don't want to play with them mm. and they you know they took a real stand and pushed back and said no we want to have a good percentage well, they're going to be sort of that is substantial, so cool. interesting characters, but we're going to have not just male characters because that's just crazy. That is awesome. Yeah. I am nice really stand. happy to hear that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you guys have been going on about Skylanders, yeah. Disney Infinity, and Lego, <laughs> and avoiding kind of the the large behemoth who has been late to the party, and that is Nintendo. Oh God. So, yeah. Andy, what do you think about the Amiibo? <laughs> I. Th- yeah, it's interesting because <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's it's quite hard to talk about in the same way because it is quite different. Yeah, and they position themselves as not a direct competitor to Skylanders. In fact, as you probably know, that there's a Skylanders pack this year that has an Amiibo Skylander right. crossover that works as mm-hmm. both. So the Amiibos aren't tied to a particular game, but they work in the same way. A really nice touch is that on the Wii U, because the gamepad had the technology in it for years before they used it, it means you don't have to buy a big starter pack with a portal peripheral. Mm-hmm. You just put it on on that um, that pad. Mm-hmm. So I think that's got strengths and weaknesses. I think it's really it's strong when they tie it to they do tie it to a game as it's sort of the starting point, and you've got some strong functionality. I think it's, it's sometimes you just get a figure, and all it will do is unlock a costume in a particular context. Yeah, yeah. The and Ami- it can be hard to know what you're going to get, but you know when you buy it, unless you do a lot of research. Yeah, um, but I, I mean, I like them, and again, they they're just beautiful objects to hold. They are collectible items rather than toys, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, they're all hand painted, so. But yeah, of course, the yeah. emitted. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they hide them from us. Yeah, great. And actually, it- I think that's oh. this. Um, the way of moving away from having characters on a base, I think, is something we'll see. So Skylanders have done mm-hmm. that with the vehicles. They're these smart vehicles that work like the other toys, but they don't sit on a base because they roll around. And the knitted Yoshi did that as well. And once you're working with a, uh, an amiibo, it doesn't need to sit on a stand because you just touch it to the gamepad and put it down. So there's no real reason to have it on a base. And once you've got rid of that base, put the chip inside the toy, then it can be much more articulated and much more like a toy. So that's that's where I'm sort of hoping they'll take it. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good point. Uh, yeah, the amiibo are absolutely beautiful, like the colors and the way that they feel in your hand. It's just they're so nice, and they but they kind of remind me of almost the gamepad itself in terms of functionality. Like you were saying, Andy, when the integration is done well, it's really great. Just like with the second screen on the gamepad, there are some games mm. that use that really well. And then there are some games like I think we were really disappointed with Mario Party 10 and yes. the Amiibo integration because 
just tapping it on the gamepad to roll a dice and unlocking some new boards. That's not, it wasn't a totally, it wasn't, I think, the the furthest they could have gone with Amiibo integration with that. But, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you bought the Amiibo for Mario Party 10, you might be a bit disappointed. Yeah. But then if you had the Amiibo already and then you've got Mario Party 10 and it's got some, and you'll, you see that as just as a bit of extra fun. Exactly. Then sure. that's, the, yeah. that's how it works. But, when they're sold and I think when Mario Party 10 came out it was just they were just getting started weren't they so it was like here's mm-hmm. the Amiibo for Mario Party 10 and they didn't do as much mm-hmm. probably those Amiibo now do stuff in other games as well and again definitely like, keeping track of that you know this is sort of job, <laughs> isn't it to try especially and especially when there are and hundreds and we struggle hundreds. so like a, yeah. you know a parent who's coming to this it's quite hard to know exactly what you're going to get yeah it seems like when the Amiibo first came out Nintendo just I don't know it seems like they're learning um, yeah they're really late to the party on this <laughs> but it seems like they're learning and the, the newer ones are having a lot more functionality mm-hmm. than the and first partnering up with skylanders is awesome yeah it's great yeah it's that yeah sort of if someone had said that if that had been leaked beforehand you'd be like that's that's never going to happen. I know, yeah. right? <laughs> totally. And then they actually announced it. So <laughs> that yeah. day, uh, when that was announced at E3, I walked into the office later than everyone else, as is my habit. And Courtney looks at me and she goes, "Amiibo are coming to Skylanders." And I was like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying to me right now?" Yeah. It was ah, uh, awesome news. I mm. was I got too excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> And I really, I, I think that those those figures, I got a chance to play with them at PAX Prime. They're they're great. Like the the way that you switch back and forth between it being an mm. amiibo and a Skylander, like it feels it's a lot um, less you know flippy than I than I had assumed it would be after reading about it. But you know, it's just a very solid click. You can easily tell if it's a Skylander or an amiibo at that time. So yay! Yeah, it's good. And then <laughs> they need to sell them individually because at the yes. moment, you yes, have to they buy do. Two starter packs. <laughs> I, I think that's, that's still the case. Nuts. I'm nuts. sure they will, but um, currently they'll let the avid collectors probably buy. Because if you wanted to get the dark versions as well, you'd end up buying four. Because <laughs> oh, the collectors oh. want all the both of these. Spe- that's the, I guess that's the other thing worth saying is that there's a special editions of these characters. So you get the normal collector, then you get the super collectors who have to try and collect the different colours <laughs> and the different versions in the special edition. So. There's a dark edition of the Skylanders pack this year. Yeah, there are three, three dark editions. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, so. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of wondering as we go farther and people, you know, get a little overloaded with all these toys, whether the prices will start coming down. What do you think? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, I think it's that they'll be priced at what the market will stand, really. So certainly they could create a much cheaper version but the, the Activision came in with a really sort of commitment to high quality and that sort of set the bar really mm-hmm. high and everyone else who's coming to join to join the sort of the genre um yeah. has aimed has aimed high as well and as that thinks that's what we're seeing with Lego Dimensions so um, yeah that's true I think it's got it's afraid to say it's hard to see how it's gonna go on it doesn't feel like the market will support these three big main players I mean obviously Amiibo's there as well so maybe four like forever because i think what the the families i talk to what they'll do is they'll pretty much choose which toys to life game they're going to play in a particular year Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm, yeah but the more they stick to one the 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 sort of the more the cost there is of of switching because if you then have got loads of skylanders you've got an investment in that thing so it's harder Mm -hmm. to switch so and each time you do that there's an extra cost so it feels like if lego dimensions is a big success this year that's going to be taking some of the some of the retail sales away from the others. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think yeah. their release date is going to affect them at all? Because Disney Infinity's been out for a month. Skylanders came out just Sunday, and Lego Dimensions is coming out, I think, next Sunday in the States, a little later for you. Do you think that that release is going to affect what they end up selling? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think in the short term it will, um, but I think it, it they sort of they level yeah. off. And as long, you know, as long as they were out ahead of Christmas, so I think it's important <laughs> to not be out on the same day you know, they, the same sort of week. They need a bit of a window to generate yeah. the new cycle that they do for each of these. Um, so I don't, I mean, they obviously had a little bit of a head start, but I don't think it's like people were impatient because they knew ever, anyone who would be buying Infinity would be would know that Dimensions was coming. Mm-hmm. And if they were thinking about it, they could easily sort of hold off. Yeah, so, that's uh, true. Andy, do you have the same kind of Christmas frenzy that we do in the U.S.? <laughs> I mean, in terms with, of uh, things selling out or? Yeah, and I'm um, just so much of the sales for a particular product will be at Christmas here. Yeah. Well, the, the Black much. Friday, um, 
the Black Friday things come across to the UK. We're just sorry. Sort of, yeah. We're sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah we're but it here as well. Just the last few years, because covering games, I always used to follow the Black Friday sales, but it used to just be always in the States. And mm. now, you know, the UK shops are actually using that terminology and putting up, uh. you know, deep sort of deep discounts you don't even have thanksgiving (laughs) (laughs) i know yeah yeah, so the problem for us is that because thanksgiving's not there christmas gets started really early and so you get you have nothing to distract anyone from christmas for like a couple of months really whereas (laughs) the way i see it in the states thanksgiving's really nice because that's that sort of punctuates things before you get onto christmas yeah you don't even so i think we need to invent some sort of holiday in the uk (laughs) yeah (laughs) although honestly i've seen christmas stuff pop up before thanksgiving in the last couple years last couple of years yeah Yeah. and like the beginning of september with the going to the grocery store with anna (laughs) all the halloween stuff out already and she loves Halloween we love Halloween too because we don't really celebrate Christmas but I was just like really? Like, really? You know already? First of September Halloween but yeah oh, gotta have all the time to get all that candy in I guess I guess yeah. I don't know but, yes. but to go back to your question Linda that I think we do get that that the popular characters and the popular toys in this sort of space will will sell out Mm-hmm. Um, and you know when it's a few weeks before Christmas, there'll be people putting them up for crazy prices on eBay. Yeah. Ah. There'll be shops who are doing crazy bundles where they won't sell you the game on its own, but you have to buy you know five amiibo with it oh, or something wow. because yeah. they know yeah. that the, the stock is is short. So you know it is it's worth doing a bit of homework early and yeah. working out what you want to get. So you all, I mean, so you just don't get sort of carried away as well by that the, the Christmas <laughs> you know, craziness. You've got to buy everything and just actually stick to one. You know, that's that message of sticking to one starter pack. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Choose your brand. <laughs> at, at my age, I start thinking about the poor grandparents out there who are going to get all confused about what to buy. <laughs> so tell your grandparents what they should buy. Absolutely. Start interrogating yeah. children list. now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. And when I think about these the, the big 3, so Lego, Disney and Skylanders, Skylanders is the only one that doesn't really have a movie associated with it so far. Do you think we'll see a Skylanders movie come out someday, Andy? I think that I'd be most expect them to do some sort of series uh-huh. like a TV mm. short, oh, series. Yeah. Of TV so they almost do that with some of their I mean in in the game the mm-hmm. these sort of interstitial cutscenes between the action are like little short movies and mm-hmm. they have proper, you know, voice that actors. That was totally my first well, impression of Skylanders too. Like I turned it on. I was like, I'm watching a kid's TV show and it's a really good kid's TV show. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. So I they think do they have books. do that if they... Oh, the, really? Um, books, yes. I was surprised yeah. to see yeah. that. Um, in our local Toys R Us, there is often a Skylanders wall right as <laughs> you walk into the store. And I was very surprised at all uh-huh. the stuff. I'm just wow. like, books books really <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah would... so there's a whole sort of fiction to it or there's there's lots of books that are guides about what character does what and all that sort of stuff as yeah, well that's cool um, and when my kids were into it you know avidly they they would be pouring over those books before bedtime and stuff like that <laughs> so it's quite nice to have that sort of secondary you know content that's not just just on the screen so that you, you know they yeah, can do something yeah, that's not screen based before bed yeah i wanted to ask andy if um you consider how much your kids play um, and limit their playtime on the games, or how you handle that? I think we used to be stricter when they were littler. Mm-hmm. So we used to be, we used to just think about it more. And as they've got older, it's more, I think we, look, we concentrate more on how they're playing rather than how long. So if they're, if they're doing something creative that's on a screen and they're interacting um, politely with each other, <laughs> like, you know, collaborating, and there's not, they're not big arguments or if they're having arguments, but they're then resolving them without us having to intervene. Um, yeah. that I'm happy for that to go much longer. Um, I, it's nice to have a, you know, we still don't want to try and have a mix of activities. So, right. but and I was like looking at Lego dimensions. We did this unboxing today and that was really, really interesting to see that, that the sort of the toy side of that was, really, was a real attraction. Mm-hmm. Like they haven't actually asked to play the game yet. They've just been, trying oh. to figure out how to build some of the vehicles. Nice. Uh, they've just realized, actually, that to, to get the instructions to build some of the vehicles, they need to play the game. <laughs> it has that integrated. You get the first bit of instructions wow. sort of for free, but then as oh, you play. That's so so that's, 
I think experiences like that that offer reason to both play at the screen and play away from the screen we really like. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't play they don't play on school nights um, mm-hmm. pretty much at all. They'll they can watch they you know they watch TV and stuff, but we keep the games as a sort of a weekend thing oh, at the moment. Fun. So cool yeah. on the game thing. I, I, one my sort of bugbear is that I used to love the family timer on the Xbox 360. Mm. Do, do you ever use that? I didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't the, think I even knew that so, existed. Yeah, it's my secret. <laughs> so and I, I often have conversations with whole families and you see the kids being like, no, don't tell them that. <laughs> the parents realize. So w- what it means is you can set up a regular how long, the, how long the console can be played in a day. So if you set it up for an hour or two hours, um, when it was 15 minutes before that, it gives a little warning. It pops up with the Xbox symbol and says 15 oh, minutes. Wow. And then once it's finished, it pauses the game automatically and then you have to put a code in, the password in, to carry on. So it stops you sort of as a parent being the bad guy or bad woman coming in and sort of saying you've got to stop. So we used to sit down with our kids and say, how long do you think we should play for, you know, Hmm. on the weekend? And then we'd agree the time. And together we'd then set it up. In fact, actually, I usually got them to set it up, although we had the password. Um, And it (laughs) it was great. And for some reason, that's not being carried forward to the Xbox One that I I know of. Which is um, a shame. I need yeah. to try and start some sort of campaign yeah. <laughs> to bring really it back because cool. it was really good. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. I mean, they're just about to do a huge system update. So who knows yeah, what's going to be included yeah, in that. So. And on the free test, I really like the, um, the game library section on that because it tells you exactly what games have been played, when they've been played. Mm-hmm. So... If you want to have, a, when you're having a conversation around how much you're playing, pulling that up and being like, oh, look, you're playing at two in the morning. <laughs> or, oh, look, this game's the most popular. Or when you play this game, you play for an average of two hours. But when you play this game, you play for an average of, hmm. of 30 minutes. And there's some really useful information in there. So I'd like to see, that's great on the 3DS, but I'd like, like to see that more in other places. Yeah, yeah, that sounds excellent. Very cool. All right. So what a fa- fascinating conversation we've had about toys for life we're going to move into our next um our next section of our show which is what we've been playing and so uh, and this is for pretty much for personal playing pleasure not so much what you're forced <laughs> to play with your kids so andy uh what have you been playing i've been play i do play fifa with my son okay um and i discovered i'm a really bad loser <laughs> <laughs> I find it really difficult when I lose to him. So that's so that's an ongoing thing. I'm like getting better at being a, a good loser and trying to trying to sort of model that for him because he, nice. he doesn't like losing either. But when Dad is like, "Oh, I'm, I'm grumpy because I've lost," <laughs> that's the team. Nice. So, but FIFA 16 is out, so we'll start that soon. But um, that's with Tom, my son. But the main game I've been playing on my own is a game called. Um, Everyone's gone to the rapture. Oh um, yes, oh. yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Which I haven't finished. So I will. I will sit my lips. <laughs> <laughs> Can you, I really, yeah, I really liked it. How far are you relatively? <laughs> it's hard to tell. I've played it. I think for three and a half hours or so, okay. maybe four hours. Yeah. And I think I so as it's a, so it's a game where you wander around. I like the setting because it's an English setting, which is quite an unusual thing mm-hmm. in the nineteen eighties. An English rural village. But there's no people there. So as you walk around, you sort of, where has everybody gone? But you, as you know, you encounter sort of silhouettes of people's conversations and they get played out much like a radio play and you can listen mm-hmm. to it. But unlike a radio play, you can then walk with them around around the village and follow. you get led around. Um, and so I think I've followed two people's sort of journey mm-hmm. to, through to completion um, but it's hard to tell. <laughs> That's what I quite <laughs> like about it. It's hard to tell how, you know, am I close to the end or not. So, yeah, I um, really enjoyed it. looks beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible that it was made by such a small team. And like, uh, the sound design in that game is absolutely mm. incredible. I loved it. I recommend it. It's very sad. I mean, I'm sure you've discovered that at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of poignant. And like, as you, like, the sound's amazing, isn't it? You'll be, be doing something and just seamlessly as you walk into a particular area where an event happens, mm-hmm. the music seamlessly changes into a different sort of mood. Yeah. Or sort of orchestral. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I'm probably going to play it again once I finish it just to see what I missed. Nice. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Cool. Uh, Linda, how about you? I have not been playing a whole lot of stuff other than Alpha Bear (laughs) this week. I've been playing a lot of Alpha Bear because I got up to the next um, level, and now it's really hard, and I can't 
I can't ever get the golden egg anymore. <laughs> which which level are I'm you so at now? So sad. Um, the house level. Everyone's you, you beat the house, and so you're running. The, yeah. Uh, I am. Did you beat the house boss? And now I you're think on she's his in the level. house. No, level, I'm behind you. I'm behind you. I just I, got to the. I house just got level. to a new. <laughs> to a new one, so um, no, I just got to the house level. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, is that it? That's it. Alpha Bear. Pretty much. I played some <laughs> um, a game called Mystery Word Town, which oh. is a little educational game for kids um, that's supposed to help them learn spelling. Nice. And um, it's easy for me because I can spell pretty darn well at my <laughs> age. Um, but I can see how it it's a little game where you a mobile game where you go in this uh, western town and you go in all the buildings and you look for letters and then you try to spell words to get through that, you know, mm-hmm. oh, the thing. Cool. Yeah, I think it's good for kids to practice spelling. Cool. It's a cute little game. Yeah, so I've been playing Alpha Bear 2 and I got through the next level. I'm now on the fairy tale level, Ooh. which means I beat the tardy boss. Um, so is, it, is, it, is it a game that's aimed at kids or is it aimed at... I don't no. think so. <laughs> It's honestly okay. too hard for kids. It's yeah. very, it's okay. cute enough for kids, but it's right. definitely yeah. difficult. The first the first levels are, you know, they're 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 pretty easy, the first mm-hmm. couple levels. But the difficulty ramps up fairly quickly, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um and also just the strategy of picking um which bears to use because they boost um they boost your score in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, so I was very happy to unlock the new level because I'm like, oh, I can play. I can unlock some of those new bears, like at least the easy ones to unlock. And so I got Questy Bear, which is this cute little guy with a sword. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I forget what the other one is that I got. Um, but, you know, I got another one. But I have been going back, too, and trying to get some of the bears that I haven't gotten. Mm-hmm. I have all of the scary ones now. I finally got Slasher Bear. Um, he looks like a like a Friday the Thirteenth like hockey mask oh, no. <laughs> kind of guy. Um, yeah, so that's cool. And I've also been playing Hearthstone, of course. And really excited to say I was playing Castle Crashers with my daughter Yay! over the weekend. And my husband started it. Like um, I came home from Seattle Retro, and they're sitting on the couch, and like Castle Crashers is up, and he's like, "Here." play with her and I'm like what really castle crushers and uh, she's not terribly good at it <laughs> um, but she can do it a little bit because it's, it's basically one button mm-hmm. is really all you need to know and the, and the the analog stick so you know she's doing okay and then you know she dies and she sits and watches me do the rest of it and sometimes she just gets bored and I'm like honey you gotta help me here <laughs> like this is not designed as a single player game <laughs> Um, that is so cool. Yeah. Uh, but she she basically kind of not really lost interest, but, you know, stopped playing herself and started watching me. When she went, we went to the cave and she got a lollipop for her weapon. Of course, she got a lollipop. She loves lollipops. But she didn't want to use it to hit people. She's like, I want to I eat it. I don't want to hit people. <laughs> and I'm like, you can't eat it. And the other thing that she was focused on, too, was um, getting... Uh, a health potion, so that was a big thing for her because she's mm-hmm. like, I want to get the drink, and uh, and she was calling it fruit punch. Actually, oh she's my like, god, I want to get the fruit punch, and then when you use the potion, you don't see yourself use the potion; it's your health just, you know, pops back up. Yeah. So she's like, I want to drink, and I'm like, honey, you just you just drank it, <laughs> really, really, you just drank <laughs> oh. it. Um, so but it's fun. I'm so glad That's that adorable. I am starting to, you know, she's starting to get the controller. I'm starting to be able to actually, you know, play. I don't want to say real games. All the games are real games, but more, you know, games that are more complex. like complex, complex in my style and outside of Zoo Tycoon and Viva Pinata and that kind of stuff. So I was, I've been super excited about Yay. that. It's been so fun. Just recap what Castle Crashers is a little. Castle Crashers made by the behemoth, which I don't know. They, they really amaze me in how they stay in business because they only release a game like every two or three years and they have these huge booth at PAX every year, yeah. in which they buy breakfast for all of the press people. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know how they do this. They do have, like, T-shirts and toys and all that other kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But Castle Crashers is a four-player, up to four-player cooperative game where you play as these little knights. Um, and it's a side-scrolling kind of brawling beat-em-up, kind of like the old mm-hmm. old arcade games that you oh, had. Oh, fun. Yeah. Um, and it's it's got a lot of, like... 
potty humor type mm. humor stuff. Because <laughs> there's like a fairly early level where there's pounding of something coming and the animals are all pooping. And Anna kept asking me, well, why are the animals pooping? <laughs> I'm like, because they're scared. Um, but yeah, anyhow, so that was a fun conversation. Um, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're basically fighting all all sorts of bad guys mm-hmm. like like warriors and eventually it gets to be like these evil looking bears and they have like really odd characters so one of the bosses is called a catfish but it's not really a fish it's like actually a cat that floats on the water and it's got this middle really menacing huge grin and it spits out hairballs and like all kind of stuff (laughs) you know i wanted to ask you if you thought it, I had the impression at PAX this year that there was a lot more couch co-op type stuff coming out. Yes, I think there is. Yeah. And that's a good trend. Because in the last couple of years, it has been like all all online, all online right, multiplayer. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. But that couch co-op when you're all in the same room and you can have fun together, I love that. That's yeah. really great. Yeah, I think yeah. we, we might have mentioned it last week, but Castle Crashers Remastered just came out for the Xbox One. And that's if, what we were playing, yeah, obviously. If you have Castle Crashers for the 360 you can get the remastered version for free uh, up till I think the end of this month. And if you miss that window, if you already have it, you can upgrade for five dollars. So that oh, is cool. awesome. Yeah. It's, it's um, four players, isn't it? Which is really yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, up to four players. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the, um, them. That we're getting some eight-player local couch. The <gasps> yes, big couch, yes. isn't it? <laughs> that is a big couch. We yeah. have um, big couches over here. Yeah, yeah. But getting obviously getting eight, eight controllers is a bit. You oh, need to get that's some true. Over who've got yes. them as well or something? That's an but, investment. Um, yeah. Interesting, unusual eight-player games. I think. But yeah, we've talked about talked about it before. Uh, Eon Alter, which is pretty, pretty yeah. much my favorite game at PAX, uses a phone to control, so you don't have to worry about having oh, all nice. the controllers. Everybody has a smartphone, so it makes it easy con- yeah. to control. I think there were a few games like that at PAX actually that starting to use the phone as a controller. Smart, um, yeah. yeah. So that more people can play. Mm-hmm. Um, you could do that on Just Dance this year as well. Right, yeah, right, that's yes. True. Um, nice. So, Simone. Yes, me. Um, <laughs> I started playing Disney Infinity 3.0, Star Wars last night. Um, I went through all the toy box tutorials with my roommate. That was a lot of fun. He, of course, wanted to be Boba Fett. <laughs> and I was Ahsoka Tano, and he kept shooting me in the butt and picking me up and throwing me. <laughs> <laughs> then I could use the Force and blast him away. I really like the Star Wars combat on that so far. Just like being able to use the Force is, of course, a dream of mine. And I used to play uh, I don't remember what it, I was trying to remember what it was called but a Star Wars game when I was a kid where I would I didn't make it through the campaign I would just run around in like the multiplayer with a bunch of bots and have a, a heck of a time uh, <laughs> so I'm really excited to be playing another Star Wars game again even if it's you know Disney Infinity um, I love the new toy box the redesign that they did on that um, makes it so far, a lot more accessible to me. I always felt kind of lonely in Toy Box in, in Disney Infinity 2.0. It, it felt like there were too many options and I was very scared and alone. Um, but I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot this time and the load times are so much better. So, so far, so good. Uh, what else have I been playing? I played Persona 4 Dancing All Night for the PlayStation Vita and I reviewed it and that review is on our website right now. Um, I liked it. It was very silly. <laughs> the whole plot of the game, because in Persona 4, you have your investigation team. They're all high school students. They're solving this murder by going into the shadow world and investigating and fighting monsters. And then in this game, um, one of them is making her redebut as a teen pop star. And she has recruited them as her backup dancers for her big comeback. <laughs> and I'm like, this is ridiculous. I love everything about it. Um, and it was great for me because I'm really into the Korean pop scene. So, and this is, of course, the J-pop scene. It, the structure of, like, the companies and stuff is pretty similar. So I was like, I know this is, like, my jam. This is exactly <laughs> what I'm all about. Um, I love the dancing sequences. Oh, some of the dialogue was just so hard to get through. I'd be mashing the X button, like, shut up, just skip to the next line. You're saying things that I've heard you say 10 times before. You're saying things <laughs> that I figured out. You're having revelations I figured out 10 lines ago. Let's <laughs> get on with it. I just want to dance. That's why I'm here. But um, So that game came out for the PlayStation Vita, or it will come out, I think, on the 28th, possibly. Um 
the embargo lifted on the 22nd. I know that. <laughs> um, what does it cost? I think it costs $49.99. Um, so it is pretty expensive for a rhythm game, but it is also fully voiced. Um, so I think that's kind of where that is coming from. Um, I, I definitely enjoyed it. There, I, It wasn't perfect, but I liked it. So cool. that's what I've been playing. That's about it. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up for this week. Andy, thank you so much for joining thank you. us. Thank it's you. Been it's fun. been great. Yeah, yeah. it's been it. awesome. Um, I'll come back. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so if you have questions, comments, or feedback, you can send those to hello at pixelkin.org. You can follow us at Twitter at pixelkin. I say Twitter. Twitter. You can follow us <laughs> on Twitter at pixelkin underscore org and also at gaming with moms. And you can follow Andy on Twitter in a number of places. So, Andy, do you want to give some of your, your Twitter accounts here? So, yes, yeah, so just two really. So, the, the um, YouTube channel is Family Gamer TV. Um, and so, if you subscribe to that, then whenever there's a new video, you get a little ping. Um, and my own Twitter is Geek Dad Gamer. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yay. And what else was I going to say? Oh, if you like what you're hearing, subscribe uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a review because that helps us out. And we're on Facebook, Pixelkin. It's hard to remember all the social media stuff <laughs> to say. And we do have a YouTube channel as well, but the URL is crazy. So just search Pixelkin. Just search for Pixelkin and you will find it. It's us. great. I love the videos you're doing. Thank oh, you thanks. so much. It's really good. I, really, I check in pretty much daily. Nice. It's great. Awesome. awesome. Thank you so much. All right. So thanks so much for listening and we'll be back with you next week. Thank you. Bye. This podcast was recorded in the studios of the Jack Straw Cultural Center in Seattle, Washington.